Hello and welcome to the Addicted Austinite, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. In this week's episode, we are starting our wrap-up of our in-depth look at Pride and Prejudice, and we're going to be going through a summary of the plot in the novel and how it relates to some of the topics that we've already discussed. So, at the start of the novel, we meet Mr and Mrs Bennett, and they are having a discussion. Well, actually, Mrs. Bennet is more talking to Mr. Bennet than with him. But uh, anyway, they are discussing the fact that Netherfield Hall, uh, a very posh, very upper class estate where they live, near where they live in Longbourn, has been rented out at last. And we're to presume it's been empty for quite a while now because Mrs. Bennet is really happy. She's like, yay, it's finally, finally let. And through the grapevine, or whatever the Regency equivalent of a foam tree is, Mrs Bennet finds out that the man that has taken the field hall is Mr Bingley. And there are two very important things about Mr Bingley. A. He is single. And B. He is in possession of a very large fortune, about £5,000 a year. And... This is just wonderful news for Mrs. Bennet, who is convinced that one of her five single daughters is going to end up marrying Mr. Bingley. This, of course, is all decided before they've even met Mr. Bingley. Um, but as we saw in our episode, What's Love Got to Do With It? Uh, it wasn't necessarily the man and more the money that attracted potential wives. So none of the Bennets have met Mr. Bingley. And this is what Mr. Bennett and his wife are arguing about. Because as we find out later, Mr. Bennett is teasing his wife and saying that he won't go and call on Mr. Bingley. When in fact he's already been. He was one of the first to go and meet Mr. Bingley when he moved in. And this starts the family's relationship with Mr. Bingley. And eventually the rest of his family and Mr. Darcy as well. Not too long after Mr Bingley moves into Netherfield Hall, there is a ball in the local area and Mr ben Bingley does attend and he comes to the party with his sister, Miss Caroline Bingley, uh, his other sister, Mrs Hurst and her husband and Mr Darcy as well. And it causes a bit of a stir because Mr Darcy, as we looked at in our episode, How Much Is Mr Darcy Worth?, makes substantially more money than Mr Bingley and um, and of course this is, catches the attentions of all the mothers in in the town thinking oh he's single as well and he doesn't have a wife he's got a lot of money let's aim for him instead however Mr Darcy's behaviour is less than glowing and um, they quickly discover that he's a very proud man very antisocial and Mr Bingley, even though he earns about half of Mr Darcy's income, is a much nicer person that makes up for that missing £5,000. We are introduced to Lizzie Bennett, who is our heroine, and she in particular has a nasty meeting with Mr Darcy. It sort of works out she didn't have anybody to dance with uh, because there weren't a lot of men. Uh, and Bingley says to Darcy, oh, why don't you dance with her? Um, because Bingley has been dancing with Jane all night. Well, I mean, they had two dances together, which, you know, is the um, is the proper amount of dances an unmarried lady and a man can have. Um, he's been dancing with Jane and they recognise Lizzie as her sister. 
uh, and Bingley goes, I'll go and dance with her, she's really nice. Uh, and, and Darcy goes, nah, don't want to do that. She's all right, but she's not enough for me. Uh, not enough to tempt me, is, is how he puts it. Uh, and he insinuates that he'd rather not dance with a woman that other men won't dance with, even though it's a lack of men and not Lizzie's likability that means she's on her own. These scenes really introduce the pride from the title uh, because Mr Darcy is just so proud and feels so much better superior to everybody else. Um, and we had a look in our episode um, about social class systems, why Darcy would feel superior to not only Mr Bennett but actually Mr Bingley as well. Um, during these scenes we are also introduced to the prejudice of the title but we don't necessarily find out that it's a prejudice until later on in in the novel so the bennets don't really like mr darcy and to be honest mr darcy doesn't really like them much either but everyone can see that mr bingley and jane bennett really really like each other and as the two groups interact more, Miss Darcy starts to feel more positively towards Lizzie Bennet, much to Miss Bingley's disgust, uh, because she's got her eye on Mr Darcy as well. Jane then takes a visit to Netherfield Hall to see the Bingleys, and she gets really ill, she gets cold, and she has to stay there um, while she's ill because they don't want to move her because in those days, even a cold could kill you. Um, <laughs> Lizzie goes over to join her, and she discovers just how much the others, besides Mr Bingley, don't like them and their family. And it really sets her against Mr Darcy and Caroline in particular, but the group as a whole. And she's worried about Jane's relationship with Charles Bingley because of all of this. However, there are bigger problems waiting for Lizzie when she gets home because Mr Collins has arrived. Now, Mr Collins is a cousin or some such relation to Mr Bennet, and he is the one that's going to inherit when Mr Bennet dies. Um, if you remember back to our episode, Our House in the Middle of Our Legal Dispute, uh, we talked about the line of inheritance and how it usually goes to the nearest male in the family over the girls. Um, and Mr Collins has decided, after the advice, shall we say, from his patroness, Lady Catherine de Bourgh, who he will not shut up about, uh, he, she has told him to find a wife. He is a clergyman, so he wants a, a good wife, and he thinks that perhaps it might help the family if he married one of Mr Bennet's daughters. At first, he takes a shine to Jane, but obviously Mrs Bennet has got plans of her marrying Charles Bingley, so she suggests Collins goes for Lizzie instead. Lizzie is, in a word, appalled by Mr Collins' proposal, which he makes to her. Um, I might even say that she was disgusted by the idea of having to marry him. Uh, so she turns him down. She says, no thanks. Uh, and he promptly goes off and proposes to Charlotte Lucas, Lizzie's friend, who they've met because Lizzie really didn't want to be on her own with Mr Collins and needed her friend for support. Mrs Bennet is infuriated that Lizzie won't marry Mr Collins. Mr Bennet pretty much doesn't seem to care either way. Um, 
and Lizzie is having mixed feelings about Charlotte Lucas's engagement to Mr Collins. And then Jane gets a letter from Caroline Bingley saying that the party is quitting Netherfield and they won't be back for the winter. So everybody's pretty much miserable. However, the Redcoats arrive. A militia regiment is camping near to the town of Meryton, where they all are. And as Mrs Bennet explains, there is something just so exciting about a soldier in the militia and those bright red coats. We had a look at who the militia were uh, and how they behaved in our episode, You and Whose Army. Now, Lydia Bennet, one of the younger Bennet daughters, is particularly taken in by the militiamen and she makes friends with Colonel Forster and his wife and the whole Bennett clan become friends with Mr Wickham. Now Mr Wickham is one of the lower soldiers and it turns out that he knows Mr Darcy and he weaves this terribly sad tale to Lizzie about how Darcy cheated him out of his inheritance because Darcy was jealous of his father's feelings for the other boy and basically Mr Darcy turned out Wickham as soon as his father had died and now Wickham was penniless and had to resort to going into the army. This pretty much confirms in Lizzie's mind that Mr Darcy is a person worth hating and that he is just horrible and there are further instances that suggest that the Bingleys aren't that nice either uh, because Jane goes to London where she was told that the Bingleys had gone to try and talk to Mr Bingley um, but he doesn't come and see her at all even though she sent a letter saying that she's there. Caroline does come to visit her but she's very rude and very dismissive and insinuates that Mr Bingley is getting ready to become engaged to Mr Darcy's sister Georgiana and that he doesn't care for Jane at all. And all of this bad feeling comes to a head when Lizzie goes to visit Mr Collins and her friend Charlotte, now Mr Collins's wife, um, a few months after they've been married. And Mr Collins's rectory is on the land of Lady Catherine de Bourgh, uh, who again he never shuts up about, uh, but it turns out that she is also the aunt of Mr Darcy and when Lizzie goes to visit the Collinses they're invited over to Rosings, uh, Lady Catherine's house, and Mr Darcy is there uh, along with his friend uh, Colonel Fitzwilliam. And during all of this time, Mr Darcy's feelings for Lizzie had been growing and growing and growing, and eventually he proposes to her, though it isn't exactly the best proposal that you've ever heard. It's kind of, I really like you, but your family are awful, but I like you anyway. And I could do better, I suppose, but I actually really like you, so I don't care. And obviously Lizzie is very unimpressed by that proposal and she turns him down completely. And she cites a conversation that she had with Fitzwilliam uh, about Mr Darcy convincing Bingley to drop Jane because the family were just so embarrassing and so beneath them. And she, Lizzie, takes that 
to heart and she accuses him of breaking up their happiness which is one of the reasons why she declines his marriage uh, and the second reason being uh, the story that Wickham had told her about what Mr Darcy had done. Mr Darcy is angry of course that Lizzie has refused him but he does leave it there um, but the next day he comes to the Collins's house with a letter for Lizzie and the letter is completely world-shattering as far as Lizzie is concerned. Uh, in the first part of the letter, Mr Darcy talks about how he did encourage Mr Bingley to, to dump Jane, effectively, uh, because Jane didn't seem to reciprocate Charles's feelings quite as much as Bingley did, though Lizzie did explain to him that Jane was very, very shy. Um, he does kind of feel bad about it, but he feels like he's made the right decision, especially because Mrs. Bennet was just going on about the, the match all the time and really embarrassing everybody, basically. Uh, so she starts to sort of understand why Mr. Darcy broke them up. She doesn't think he's right, but she can understand that he had his friend's best interests at heart. Then comes the second half of the letter, and this is the Regency equivalent of a mic drop because <laughs> Mr. Darcy completely destroys Wickham's tale. And he says that, yes, Wickham and Darcy had been close as boys. Mr. Wickham's father worked for the Darcys. And Mr. Darcy Sr. did take a shine to young Wickham. And he did leave him a considerable amount in his will to look after him. Um, but when Mr Darcy Sr. died, Wickham got his inheritance and spent it all really quickly. Um, he didn't want the church and the rectory that had been left for him, he didn't want to take up as a clergyman. Uh, and he just went out and spent all this money. And then he asked Darcy for more. And Darcy refused and said no. And eventually Mr Darcy sells the rectory that was Mr Wickham's to give Wickham more money. But once he's moved somebody in, Wickham has spent all of that money and asks for it back. And he says, no, you can't. Then Mr Wickham sort of hides away. He doesn't hear from him for a while until he hears that Georgiana... Darcy's sister um, is meeting up with Mr Wickham in London and Mr Wickham is planning to elope with Georgiana and Wickham is doing this out of spite for Mr Darcy and because of Georgiana's fortune so Mr Darcy comes and puts a stop to it and Mr Wickham was really pissed off basically and has just been spreading these lies about Mr Darcy. Lizzie is absolutely shocked and she is really cross with herself because she's been so stupid and she's fallen for Wickham's story and this is where we do see that prejudice from the title really coming in because to begin with it looked like Mr Darcy was a bit horrible and Lizzie had every right to hate him but it's revealed that because she was prejudiced against him because he was so proud, she was ready to believe the negative things about him that she heard and she didn't consider that perhaps that wasn't the entire story. So she she's really annoyed with herself. 
This is when the gardeners enter. Uh, they are Lizzie's aunt and uncle and they take her on holiday to the Lake District. And while they're there, they visit Pemberley, which is Mr Darcy's estate. Um, at this point, Lizzie is looking round. They are told that the master of the house, i.e. Mr Darcy, isn't in. And Lizzie is really starting to regret the way she's acted towards him and she feels terrible for turning down his proposal and she thinks that any relationship with him is lost forever. However, the housekeeper was wrong and Mr Darcy does turn up and he's lovely to Lizzie, he's kind to her aunt and uncle and he doesn't hold anything against her. Um, I think there's something in the back of his mind um, that he realises that Lizzie believes him about Wickham in particular uh, and also to add to the happiness Georgiana Mr Darcy's sister is there and she absolutely adores Lizzie and the best of all it really gets on Caroline Bingley's nerves because she's there too and she gets to watch Lizzie create a good relationship with Georgiana and seemingly get a bit closer to Mr Darcy as well. And Lizzie comes to the conclusion that she is in love with Mr Darcy because there is so much more to him than just his £10,000 a year and his proud attitude. Uh, this is where our episode, um, It Takes a Village to Raise a Gentleman, comes in because it talks about all the different kinds of things that gentlemen does. Uh, and how he can be a good person aside from his fortune and things like that and how much of a gentleman Mr Darcy actually was. Unfortunately, this happiness doesn't last for very long. Lizzie goes back to the inn where she and the gardeners are staying and there's a letter from home for her when she gets there and this letter tells her that Lydia has run off with Mr Wickham and they're going to elope. Now, Lydia had gone to Brighton with the Forsters. Uh, at the time of her going, Lizzie had suggested to her father that it perhaps wasn't a good idea. Um, she was worried about how silly Lydia was. But her father just wanted her out of the way, really, and thought it was easier if she went. He didn't want to have to parent and, and deal with her if he said no. Um, so she'd gone. Mr Wickham had been there. They'd gotten together and they decided to run off. Lizzie is distraught, Mr Darcy is furious and the entire Bennett family worry that their reputation has been ruined forevermore. Um, and Lizzie in particular, she worries that Mr Darcy definitely won't take her back now <laughs> after all of that. But uh, Lizzie goes home to see her family and to wallow in sorrow with them. But as it turns out, they don't need to worry because Mr Wickham and Lydia have been married. And they have been married on the condition that Wickham's debts were paid for, which they have been, and they are getting a £1,000, which is a real shock to the Bennett family, Mr Bennett in particular, and they all assume that it is Mr Gardner their uncle that has sorted all of this out. But when Lydia comes to stay with her new husband, she lets on to Lizzie that it was Mr Darcy that organised everything, that paid Wickham off and got the marriage gone through. And 
she's not supposed to tell anyone, but she does anyway. Uh, and Lizzie is just overcome with emotion. In truth, Lizzie doesn't really know how to feel. Um, she clearly is in love with Mr. Darcy. Um, and she's unsure about what, what this marriage and him organising it means. Because it might be his way of getting rid of them and never having to deal with the Bennets again. Or it might be that he now cares about her so much that he wants to help her family. Um, but she cannot decide. She can't figure out what it all means. Um, and then Lady Catherine pays the Bennets a visit. And she wants to talk to Lizzie because... Rumours have reached her that Mr. Darcy proposed to Lizzie and Lady Catherine is annoyed because Mr. Darcy is engaged to be engaged to Lady Catherine's own daughter, Anne. Um, she wants, she comes to Lizzie to say, I don't approve of this match and I want you to tell me that it's not true. Lizzie is incredibly insulted. Uh, Lady Catherine asks if the shades of Pemberley are to be thus polluted like they were algae in the pond or something. Lizzie gets really annoyed and in the politest of Regency language, she tells Lady Catherine to get lost. So again, Lizzie is left feeling really confused. Um, she still doesn't know if Mr Darcy likes her still or whether he's just written her off completely. Uh, but it turns out that Lady Catherine coming to visit Lizzie had given Mr Darcy hope because Lady Catherine had asked Lizzie if she would promise not to accept if Mr Darcy made another proposal. And she said, no, I'm not going to promise that. Go away. <laughs> uh, so obviously Mr Darcy's really happy about it and he comes to meet Lizzie and he proposes again and they become engaged and it's just so happy uh, and it gets even happier because Mr Darcy isn't alone. He comes with Mr Bingley who realises what a fool he's been and he proposes to Jane properly. So that is the two eldest Bennet daughters engaged, one of the younger daughters married and between them, Jane and Lizzie are going to be making about £15,000 a year. So, it's a pretty good outcome. In the end, Pride and Prejudice is really a cautionary tale about making assumptions. Mr Darcy starts it off making the assumption that he is better than everybody else because of his money. And Lizzie makes the assumption that because of Mr Darcy's pride, he is just a generally bad person. Uh, but we did have a look in our episode Jane's Golden Trio about how characters are not only cautionary tales but they can be positive examples as well and Darcy and Lizzie are the positive examples because they learn from the mistakes that made them a cautionary tale and eventually they do get their happy ending. So that is the story of Pride and Prejudice. Now there is a lot more to it than just that. I mean, it's very hard to fit an entire novel into about 20 minutes. Um, so if you haven't read it, I suggest that you do. And if you have read it, read it again, because it's great. Um, <laughs> and you can always watch the films as well. Um, I'm sure that there are a few details that I missed in, in my summary. 
Um, if there's anything that you think is really important that I missed out, do let me know. Um, I'd love to find out what your important moments from Pride and Prejudice are, because as we keep discussing, Jane leaves her novels open to interpretation and she lets readers take what they want from her novels. So I'd love to know uh, why Pride and Prejudice is important to you as well. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Addicted Austin Eye. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed doing it. Uh, if you have liked it, uh, do like it, subscribe it, um, share it with your friends, all those sorts of things. And um, you can find me on Twitter at Kath Price Author. And you can find me on Facebook as Catherine Price Author. Um, I really love to get your input and your opinions. And the last thing left to say is, as always, happy reading. Your faithful servant, the author. <laughs>